Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Holastic. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Holastic, and I am co-founder and managing partner of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions is a leading provider of lines of credit to small businesses. Our line of credit, our line of credit program is fast, easy, inexpensive, and costs nothing to set up, making it a great cash backup plan for your business. If you'd like to learn more about our line of credit program, please visit us at fscreditline.com. That's FS is in Financing Solutions creditline.com or give us a call at 862-207-4118. Just remember the time to set up a credit line is before you need it so that you when you ha- when, so that when you do need it it's there ready to go. Today I am excited to be speaking with Ty Belknap uh, from Port Bell SEO. Ty has been an online uh, business owner for almost 20 years now and has gone from being a solopreneur online marketer to running a four-person remote SEO business. His closest employee is over 4,000 miles away. His latest book, Timeless SEO Secrets, which is in his third edition, is written for people that don't know SEO, which is really perfect for entrepreneurs, to to be honest. Ty, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Hey, Stephen. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Sure. Um, so today's topic is uh, is called managing your employees. Mm-hmm. Know what your employees are doing, and so it's it's a message that uh, when when I when when I think we first discussed or kind of traded emails about what topic mm-hmm. we'd be talking about, um, I was a little taken back. Uh, yeah, um, you know, because when you're growing a business of scale. Right. You you really, you know, you don't want to really be watching what your employees are doing. Right. I mean, you, you maybe want to look at their measurements. Uh, you want to mm-hmm. you know, KPIs. You maybe see some other things. But, you know, I get what you're saying. And I thought mm-hmm. it was a really good topic for us to discuss um, okay. because, uh, yeah, because I thought that, you know, when you're smaller, I think that it. I, I learned personally too that it makes sense to know more about what your staff is doing, mm-hmm. and it depends on the industry that you're in as well. So yeah, true. when you first, yeah, right when you first, uh, when we first, when you thought about this topic and mm-hmm. know what your employees are doing, tell me a little bit about your thought process. Well, and it wasn't about you know no every single thing that they're doing every minute of the day. And, you know, if, if they make one mistake in coding, if they're an SEO expert that you would know that one, what that one mistake is, it's knowing enough. If you'll excuse my language to know that they're not BSing you. It's, it's knowing enough to know that they're doing the job that they're supposed to be doing. And of course, as you get bigger, then you hire a manager that would be responsible for that. But, you know, until you get probably, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20 employees, you're probably not going to be at a point where you have a manager, especially with with technical people, because there's so many people out today that will say, hey, I can do this. Uh, like, like I work with a lot of freelancers and a freelancer will tell you they can do anything in the world. They can't, but they'll tell you they can because they want the money. Yeah. And so you just, you got to be careful with with who you hire and, and making sure that they are doing the work that the, they say they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I think, uh, listen, I think I'm in the minority and that is, you know, I, although I've built six companies, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, 
the I'm not a control freak. Okay. So I don't, you know, and I think that 90% of entrepreneurs that are smaller, uh, you know, uh, let's say under uh, six, $7 million in revenue. Mm-hmm. I think that that it seems that they are control freaks. Okay. And it, it's, it's, it's a problem. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. I think, I think once you reach a certain size, that becomes a, a hindrance to your growth. Um, but I think when you're smaller, I think I, I've made mistakes a lot in the past, uh, where I didn't really understand my employees jobs Hmm. and what they were doing. And I got snowed. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think, so I think I'm in the opposite. Uh, I think I, you know, with my companies were smaller, I think I should know more of what my employees were doing. So I think Hmm. you are right. And I know, I know, like the, I know a lot about your industry. Now, let's be clear: the tie is in the SEO business, search engine optimization. So, for those listeners who don't know that term, that's when you you get onto the Google pages without having, in essence, to pay. You know, yeah. it's you know, in essence, right? Um, without doing the paid ads, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, I, I'll, I'll share an experience with you, with you, Ty. Like, mm-hmm. I've really been into SEO for 15 or more years. Mm-hmm. And fun. over those 15, yeah, and, and, and from those 14 of those years, a much more of a layman's perspective. You know, mm-hmm. I could kind of listen and talk to my SEO consultants and understand what they're trying to do. But I couldn't really say, wait a minute what are we doing here with this link building? You didn't even mention that, mm-hmm. right? I wasn't conversant enough. And yeah. then within the last year over COVID, I, um, I made it a mission to become really, really technical in SEO. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, did I find so many mistakes <laughs> that my, our consultants were doing and I you know, got rid of them. Right. And now I'm, you know, kind of really doing it myself or, you know, delegating and really making sure I follow through. And I, and now I look at it and I say, Oh my God, I just spent so much money and wasted so much. uh, We we didn't get the results we could have gotten because I wasn't on top of things. So you feel the same way? Oh yeah. Uh, 70% of our clients are people that have had a bad experience with an SEO person in the past. And so yeah. that's actually, that's the main reason why I even came up with this topic, but not even that, uh, you know, I'm a technical person, but don't ask me to add numbers. I can't, <laughs> you know, yeah. not even, don't even go to two plus two. I, I can mess that up half the time. So <laughs> I don't know accounting at all. And I had, when I first started my business, I hired an accountant and he was doing all the work and I, I just I gave everything to him. That's what he told me I needed to do. And I trusted him. And about a year in, I went to his office. I said, Hey, I, I don't understand something that's going on because even though money was coming in, it didn't seem to have any. And he said, well, let me gather everything together for you. Come back tomorrow and, and we'll go over everything. I said, great. Came back the next day. His office was completely empty and he was gone. Wow. And if I would have actually looked at, how the accounting was going, I would have spotted that immediately, but I knew nothing about it. So what I did then was I took one quick accounting course 
just so I could know the basics. And now I can, I can at least know enough with the accountants that I have, that I trust what they're doing. It's kind of like, um, who was it? Teddy Roosevelt that said, trust, but verify. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, that's kind of my motto now is trust, but verify. (laughs) Yeah. So how, you know, you know that you could really get into the weeds, really like really having to know everything, uh, you know, with your own company, it, how much do you, at what point do you say, you know what, that's getting a little bit too detail oriented. I don't need to know that. I, yeah, I, I tried to learn enough to understand the basics. Like when I, part of the reason why I run a marketing company today, when I first started in 1995, I was doing, just doing web design and there was no such thing as online marketing. Then it was, it was, it was brand new. And I realized you could, you could design the best website in the world, but it wouldn't matter if nobody went to it. And I realized that I needed to learn marketing and at the same time, I realized that even you need to learn marketing and you, you got to learn marketing. If you want your business to grow, you either learn it yourself or hire someone to do it. And so, yeah, I mean, you need to know at least a little bit. And it was the funny thing is it was learning about the marketing. I realized that I loved marketing more than I liked doing the web design part of it. And so as my business grew, I hired web designers. I got out of that part of it and I got into the SEO and the marketing part of it. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you, so what do you, what have you found about when, how to, do you have any processes and procedures of what you do to check up on your employees to make sure that, you know, they're doing what they say they're doing or, Mm -hmm. you know, or are you just really measuring them on the results or do you know so much about your field that you can actually look through their code or look through the work that they're doing and and know that it's good or not. At this point, well, for me personally, I've been doing SEO for so long that I actually, I run the SEO part of the business. But like for my web designer, we meet on a, even though he's more than 4,000 miles away, he actually is, is so far away. He's, he's a 12 hour time difference. So that, that in itself is kind of difficult sometimes, but we try to meet at least once a week just to go over what's been going on, what he's been doing, what he's been working on. And I will occasionally go and check on something just to make sure um, you know, everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes. And so it never hurts to have a second set of eyes. I don't get mad at him if he, if he misses something, I just remind him to to do those things. But if I didn't know anything about web design at all, I wouldn't know what to look for. I wouldn't know just to make sure, because like one of the biggest things with web design, and this is huge today, is that you can have one error on the back end of your website that is called a fatal error. And if that's there, Google won't rank your website at all. Or it might rank your website a little bit, but not much. And no amount of SEO, no amount of online marketing you do will help at all if that error is there. And so you, you got to know, I mean, you should know things, at least how to, how to look for it, things like that. Yeah, and, and of course, it's different for different businesses. Like you, in the real estate business, I mean, you've got what, appraisers, you've got mortgage people. There's so many people that got to come together. And I would guess that you need to know at least a little bit about each of those just so you know that they're doing the job they're supposed to be doing as well. What about, um, 
you know, when you were working with your, your staff, I mean, how, how long you have, uh, what about as a consultant, when you're working with outside consultants, mm-hmm. do you manage them the same way you think you manage your employees? Yeah. Cause actually every employee I have starts as a freelancer. So they pretty much yeah. start as an out, outside consultant. So I hire them on a per job basis. If they do well enough uh, for six months to a year on a job to job basis, then I hire them as a part-time employee. Then if they do well enough as that, I hire them as a full-time employee. So I start every, every person that works for me starts as an outside consultant. So let's take an example. And I, I think it doesn't matter if it's an employee or a consultant, but you have okay. somebody like, let's face it, all the people that you have, you know, they're working a certain amount of hours and they're working on these projects and you really don't know. Uh, I mean, you're experienced enough or you kind of know how long mm-hmm. it should take to do something, I guess. Yeah. But then you get into some coding problems, some other issues. I mean, I mean, uh, SEO isn't a lot of coding, but um, mm-hmm. how do you really know like that somebody is, you know, you know, billing you for time mm. when, you know, it should, you know, when it should have taken a 10 hours and it took 20 and I don't, yeah. and I'm not saying that the person, and this is the harder example. Let's, let's forget that the, I got the idea of someone ripping you off. Mm. Right. I, I don't think it happens that, that much. What no, I do think is someone who's not that good at their job. Right. And they have to take to learn something for the first time. They have to learn, you know, and you're paying them for it. I had an SEO consultant like that. Well, I didn't know. He didn't know a lot about SEO and he was yeah. portraying himself and he was coming in kind of a new and yes, he gave me a, a, a much cheaper price, but yeah. it took me a couple of months to figure out, wow, this guy is really new at this. Yeah. Uh, so what do you, what do you do in those situations? Um, well, let me let me ask you. So basically, it's it's in, in a situation where someone's billing you for time, and you and you don't know for sure whether or not they're actually spending that amount of time. Is that the base question there? Yeah, or it should have taken. I think it's more about it should have taken less time than what they billed you for. Yeah, you know, and I've seen I've I've actually seen that myself quite often, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I've gone through so many freelancers. I probably hired thirty or forty different freelancers in in the time that I've been doing this. And I, and I see it a lot when they, especially whenever you first hire somebody, they're always going to do the absolute best that they can do, or at least it seems like they are. And then about maybe a month or two down the road, they get a little bit slower. And then a month or two later, they get even slower, but they're still billing. They're they're actually billing you more and more for pretty much the same work that they did in the beginning. Or, or sometimes they'll just bill you like, I had a person I hired and they billed me five hours to design a logo. Now, logo design is very creative. So it yeah. can take a little bit of extra time sometimes. But to build two concepts of a logo, even even with the creative part of it, shouldn't take more than an hour to an hour and a half. And I've had a good 15, probably 20 freelancers design logos for me that have taken that. So when I have someone say, it took me five hours. I know now that it's taking too long, but, and a lot of it, you really got to trust your gut too. Cause if they, if they come back with something and they say it took a long time because, uh, oh, and I'll pick on web design because web design is a, a good example of it. There's a lot of coding in web design. And so they could say, you know, it took me 15 hours to design this website because there was extra coding. 
you can come back and you can say, what extra coding was that? And if they start doing the techno babble stuff, just stop them and say, we need to talk about this in English. You need, please explain to me in English why I took that extra that extra time. I don't think that's a problem because you're the one who's paying them for the work. And so they should be able to explain themselves in a way that, that, that makes sense. You know? And if if there's no way they can do it to where it makes sense, then it could be because they're trying to baffle you. Yeah, I guess I guess you're you're in favor of the idea that when you hire a freelancer, mm-hmm. that you should get a quote from them about how, you know how long the job's going to take. I guess you're yeah. that way. You know up front, right? You say someone yeah. says this is going to take you twenty hours, and you're expecting it to be five hours. You're like, whoa, wait yeah. a minute here. You know, um, you know, I, I my web designer. Uh, uh, he one thing I really really like about them, and I've been with them a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, longer than most web designers. I, I've gone through a number. I think I've been with them for oh, 10 years now. So, uh, wow, but the, what I, yeah, that's a long time. But the, the thing I like about them is they, they use Clockify. And so mm-hmm. it, it actually shows you exactly by the minutes where they put their time. Now, mm-hmm. uh, granted, they're putting it in, but I like to see because like what I'm really surprised like sometimes I'll you know they'll get constant work through me throughout the month and a lot of mm-hmm. times it's like fixes or improvements to the website that I want yeah and then I'll send something up to them and they'll say um, this fix that you wanted took four hours and I'm like oh my god I I wouldn't have if I knew it was going to take four hours I wouldn't have asked for it. Yeah. Right. Like this is a different relationship where I can't now what what I do do with them. If I think a project's big, mm-hmm. I will go back to them and I'll say is quote me the yeah. amount of hours you think this is going to take because I want to decide if I'm going to do it or not or if I'm going to make it simpler to, to, to reduce the costs that are involved. Mm-hmm. Now, I really like the software they use. Now, it's what's yeah. interesting is I was using a SEO uh, consulting company in 2020 and um I asked them if they could show me if they could use something like Shopify mm-hmm. and they, they basically uh, stopped working with me because of that. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, I think they thought I was going to be too hard of a, of a client. That yeah. could be. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, there's, so, there's, and there's some given, there's some different things there too, because like with the SEO that we do, we charge a monthly fee, but it's not, necessarily based on the number of hours because one month like let's say let's say we have someone that does our middle of the road which would normally take let's say two or three hours a week okay or that that, that's actually kind of a smaller one but we'll say two or three hours a week well one week we might spend like there was just recently google did two updates and when they do updates sometimes there's major changes that need to be done so we might spend 10 or 12 hours that week which means we may only spend an hour or two for the next two or three weeks just just monitoring it and making sure that it's still doing what it's supposed to be doing. So even though it might be based off of, let's say, three or four hours a week, that doesn't mean that every single week it's going to be exactly that amount of time. So. Yeah. So let's take some examples. I think you might – if you go into an area – where you don't know much about it and you feel like you're getting snowed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess what you're saying is you kind of 
learn a little, your antenna goes up. You kind of say, you know what? I need to learn a little bit more about this area. Um, you know, just enough. So I, so I know I'm not getting snowed. I mean, the biggest problem, you know, like, listen, I, uh, my, I have a business partner, right. And Mm -hmm. he's very hands-on, very, Mm -hmm. uh, technical in, in a whole bunch of different areas. Right. And I'm kind of like the big picture guy. Okay. And I, you know, so for me, like getting into the weeds, I, I, one, don't enjoy it. And number two Mm -hmm. is, you know, okay, so my costs are up to 10%. All right. Yeah. But my revenue is up, you know, 100%. Right. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think there's a, I, I think it depends on the person you are, but I, yeah. you know, listen, I think me personally, I think I should be in the weeds more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my business partner should be less. You know? <laughs> and there, there is that give and take. Well, and even like what I said with my business, you know, we don't necessarily track every single hour, but my goal is like we do an agreement on, um, on keywords, which isn't the, the best metric. But it's it's an easy one. It's an easy one to show. So every month I can show my clients that they're getting higher in the search engines for the keywords that they want. Because especially with SEO, your first six or eight months, especially with a brand new website, you may get not be anywhere near page one. Not especially if it's competitive keywords. It can take a lot more time. And in the beginning, you don't see a lot of traction. But it, but you, whoever you hire for whatever reason even if it does take time, they should be able to have some way of showing you that something is moving, that it's getting closer to the goal. And I think if they can't show you that on a consistent basis, that's when you should really take a second look at what they're doing. Yeah. That's my, that's my impression too. Like Mm -hmm. um, my instinct is to hold people to KPIs, key performance indicators. Right. And that is okay. um, Let's all agree on what we're going to see next month and as improvement, mm-hmm. you know, or three months from now. And let's all agree that this is what we're going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and because if, I think if you, and you need to, you know, it's pick the right KPIs, definitely. Right. Um, you know, if you have like, you know, SEO is just full of, you know, the shiny white <laughs> object, you know, where you're like, uh, you know, you know, getting visits to your site, you know, okay, great. But if they don't convert, then what good is it? Right. So, you know, I've learned that over the years, you know, you forget about all this other stuff, you know, and I can go right down the line with all the other stuff that you can measure, but, um, you know, but like in my case, if people aren't filling out loan applications, right. Then my SEO is not working. Right. So that's, you know, and well, what our number one thing is who's becoming a client. Right. Number two is how many applications are we filling out that are quality? You know, number three, you know, number three is maybe visits to our website through organic searches. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's all this criteria. And if I don't see, um, you know, the amount of clients that I have going up, Mm -hmm. you know, over a period of time, then I know we're doing something wrong. Yeah, exactly. It has so, nothing to do with how many people find you. It has everything to do with how many of them are actually going to hire you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think that having that conversation with the consultant, with your employee, you know, I, I think it can, it, you can avoid some of the, um, um, having to go into the weeds. If you, yeah. 
are talking the language of the KPI. Although I, I do agree with you, you know, the thing that I've learned and I think, you know, the SEO is a great example is, you know, it's such for my organization, for my company, it's such an important part of our operation that mm-hmm. I cannot not be in the weeds on this because it's yeah. the difference between us being successful or not. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I really have to know a lot about it. Yeah. Um, has, do you find that with yourself that, uh, that you are a control freak in general? Uh, actually, I have had to learn to be more of one. I'm very hands-off. Uh-huh. I, I have a habit of, like my current employee, he has to remind me each week for us to meet. I don't remind uh, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I am so hands-off. That's why the accountant was able to snow me over and take all my money because yeah, I'm, I'm so very hands-off. I, and when I was younger, of course, I was nervous about trying to hold people accountable. And it took me a while to realize, well, I'm the one paying them. They shouldn't be telling me what we're doing. I should be telling them what we're doing. And mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, I've gotten more cranky about it. And so, you know, I, I, I hold people more accountable now, but no, it's, it's, I, I've actually had to learn to be less hands-off than I am. Because I've yeah. been the kind of person where I'll hire you. I'll say, "Here, this is what I want done. Go do it. Let me know. You know, let, let's say you know you can have it done in four days. Okay, I'll see you in four days. And then in four days, it's not done. And I've got to say, okay, well, why isn't it done when we agreed on four days? They said, well, we need four four more days. And where I could have been tracking them a little bit better, and you know, and making sure that they're actually doing the work that they should do. So I've I've had to learn that. Well, let's face it. it, Listen, I think it's a huge, I think you're not going to be very successful if you micromanage things big time. Like if you, someone told you, you know, this is going to take, uh, you know, eight hours and, you know, they, they asked you for another hour and you, and you're, this always happens and you're pissed off Mm -hmm. on a constant basis. I, I I honestly don't know how you're going to be a successful business person. You know, you yeah, might eight hours. I understand, but like, let's say, well, like, uh, let's do a pick on a website. A website, if you have all the information, you can design it in ten to twelve hours. But you're not going to spend ten to twelve hours in one day doing it. So let's figure that ten to twelve hours over a week. But that doesn't mean at the beginning of the week you say go for it, and a week later you say how is it? Maybe three or four days later, send them a quick note. How's it going? Yeah. Having any problems, and that way you can get a feel of of how they're doing, and and you never know they could be they could say they come back and they say well I got sick I caught a cold or something I it's going to take me a couple extra days no problem at all now we've communicated and we know what's going on rather than the seven days is now up the client is expecting the website we don't have it for them and I don't know why <laughs> yeah so to me to me there's there's it's not micromanaging but. It, <clears throat> It's managing enough to make sure that things are flowing smoothly. Mm. All right. Anything else that you would like to add to the idea of, you know, knowing what your employees are doing? Um, the, the big thing is, and this is the tough thing, is if you have an employee that, that just consistently isn't doing things the way that you want, if I call it freeing up their future. <laughs> find someone else <laughs> yeah because if yeah. they're even if they're the i had one of my first employees was just the nicest person in the world 
but they never did anything on time. It was always late. Even the simplest thing was always late. And I realized they had zero time management skills. And I tried to help them with time management skills. I did all this stuff and it drug my business down because I was very small then. This was, it was just me and that person. So I had to fill up the slack. I was doing all my work and I was doing half of their work as well and still paying them. And so it's, it's, I say, you know, uh, someone told me once hire slow fire fast. Yeah. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and it's, it's tough because you don't want to, especially if they're nice, you don't want to fire them, but if they're not doing the work they're supposed to be doing, you got to free up their future. Yeah. I think it's a, I think if you always handle it professionally, I don't mean about firing someone professionally. I mean about, you know, it's like going through the steps. Okay. You know, I started my career working for Xerox for eight and a half years and, you know, things were always done professionally. And for, as an entrepreneur, there there aren't a lot of entrepreneurs that I find that, you know, actually worked in the corporate world. They actually, a lot of times (laughs) just went right into entrepreneurship. Right. And, you know, with Xerox, you know, if you weren't doing well, um, you had a, a performance meeting with your manager and everything mm-hmm. was documented. An action plan was put in place. You know, you were given time to kind of rectify the situation. KPIs mm-hmm. were, were put in place. And then after that, um, you, you would have, a, you know, you would know exactly when you would have your next review mm-hmm. to see if those improvements were made. Now that doesn't mean the manager came over to me and started showing me everything that I needed to do differently. Yeah. You know, it was like, you know, you know, this is where your shortfall is. This is what you, you know, what you, what we're talking about as far as our, pl- your plan and what you think you're going to do. If it's not done by this time, then we're going to, you know, have to maybe potentially let you go. But yeah. there was, there was no surprises. Yeah. Right. It it was no, and that's the way I think that a uh, good, managing of people is is that it they don't you don't just walk in one day and like oh you're you're gone that's it yeah you know and i I think you know when i first started uh you know 25 years ago in my my first business god i was a terrible manager i was terrible at it and i really had to work on being a better manager and you know and i took courses and i read books and i Mm -hmm. uh i did everything i could and i became a better manager um, I'm not a great manager, but a better manager. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know if you feel the same way, like you, you got better as you went along. Oh, and I did the same thing. I started reading books about it. Um, in fact, some of the books behind me are, are specifically on management and, and leadership. And I even went to school on, on leadership, um, because I believe the best managers are leaders. Yeah. And so I did a lot of training on leadership myself because I realized I knew nothing about that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. It's, it's, I think management isn't just a role that you go into. It's something that you need to learn how to do. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think very few people are natural managers. And even if you are a natural manager, you can always learn more. Yeah, I think it's easier to become a um, – wait. I don't think it's natural to become a manager. I think mm-hmm. it is more natural to be a leader. But yeah. – that doesn't mean that leadership is born. It's still, that's something that needs to be learned and, and you can learn it and, and be better at it. Maybe it's just me. I find, you know, so one of the things I had taken Dale, uh, to, you know, it's this 
just shows you how old I am. Dale Carnegie classes, right? Mm-hmm. Which was very, very common, you know? <laughs> and I took uh, Dale Carnegie classes and um, on managing people. It was great class, just really great. And, um, you know, I think one of the things they, they taught us was that there, there are leaders, there are managers, and there's worker bees, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very hard for any person to be in those ca- categories at the same time. And yeah. so, you, so a worker, it's hard for a worker manager to be a leader. It's hard for a leader to be a worker bee. Um, yeah. You know, you don't, you, you don't really don't want that either. And so, you know, the thing is, is I think a lot of entrepreneurs are, uh, you know, they might be stronger in the leadership side, mm-hmm. and and then the, they they're just terrible as managers because of that. And uh, you know, yeah. when you're running a small business, right, you don't always have a second in command. Right. So, you know, it's it's challenging. I know one of the things I had done um, early on, uh, I said, uh, let me, you know, I brought on a second in command to be the manager mm-hmm. of, of my staff because I knew I wasn't that good at it. Mm-hmm. And um, that helped. So, oh, yeah, um, yeah. I agree. And, and, and that's that's really smart because you recognize that that wasn't one of your strengths. And I. I've never liked these things that say, you know, the, the, where you do these tests and you find out what your weaknesses are and they teach you how to, you know, overcome your weaknesses, hire your weaknesses out, work on your yeah. strengths. You know, if I'm like my accounting skills or if, if there are one, if I work really hard at accounting, I might be able to get it to a three or a four. I'm going to hate it because I don't like numbers in the first place where I could take that time and do something else that's maybe a, a five or a six now, make it a seven or an eight and hire someone else to do the accounting part of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, um, I, a long time ago, I, I read this really great book and it was called Now Discover Your Strengths. And it was oh. a, it was written by the Gallup organization, and and basically they studied fifteen thousand executives, and they basically saw that people who are very successful mm-hmm. did what came natural to them, and the other things that were not they were not good at, they delegated it out to somebody else. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So you know, you know, and I'll tell I'll share with our listeners one of the things that I that I came up with. I had this one company. Um, healthcare seeker, we had gone from 1 million to 3 million to 5 million to 7 million in revenue. And we were on track to do 11 million and then the 2008 recession hit and went back mm-hmm. the other way. Um, but um, I didn't have at, at 3 million, I, I didn't have enough money. I felt for a really good operations manager um, mm-hmm. to, and staff manager. And so what I did was I took my, my, one of my top people and I made them a team captain. Mm-hmm. And I paid her an extra ten thousand dollars a year, um, and and she was very good at you know managing you know everything that was going on in the office mm-hmm. plus doing her own job, and you know she loved the extra money. She knew that as the company grew, she would move into that role um, mm-hmm. more full time. And when I was out of the office, when I was you know on vacation or whatever. You know, she was great. I didn't have to worry about mm-hmm. anything, and she, she she stayed with me for twelve years. By the way, so that's in, a great employee. <laughs> yeah, she was great, and I, I you know, uh, she's not with me now, but uh, that's mm-hmm. only because I don't, I kind of don't need her anymore. But, um, but 
you know, but that was a, a, a way for me to get away from this idea of like, okay, spending seventy, a hundred thousand dollars to bring on a full time staff, you know, manager, mm-hmm. um, and just bridge the gap a little bit. And I know, like everybody who runs a business, you know, smaller wants to have that type of person, yeah, um, right. And That's tough um, to find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Very good. So that's really all the time we have today. So I would like to thank so very much uh, Ty Belknap for, uh, from Port Bell SEO for coming on to today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at fscreditline.com. Ty, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about reaching you? Go right to my website. Go to portbell.com. There's links to my books on the right there on the front page. I've got a video. If you're interested in more about what SEO is right on the front page, there's a contact us button right there. I try to make it really easy. Very good. Um, To our listeners, um, I, I, I just, if you're interested I tweet daily about new business ideas and lessons that I've learned in business at S Halasnik. That's my name, S-H-A-L-A-S-N-I-K. And I want to thank everybody for listening today. Everybody try to get outside. Uh, enjoy the nice weather. We all deserve it. Unless you're in Seattle or Taya's where it's 100 degrees in Seattle, which is crazy. Uh, but everybody have a fantastic day. Thanks, dude.